Thrawn, Thrawn, <laughs> Thrawn, Thrawn. <laughs> He's finally here. Grand Admiral Thrawn finally showed his beautiful face on Ahsoka. And we are here to talk all about the live action debut of one of Star Wars' most notorious villains, as well as the sighting of another big Rebels character here on episode six of Ahsoka. Plus, did we just meet another galaxy's version of the Ewoks? We will get into all of that. Plus, a dude named Enoch. And we'll do it right here on the Day of a Dispatch. I am Dalton Rost, joined by one of the great mothers here in person, Devin Kogan. Do you have some uh, some spells whipped up for us, Devin, today? You know, I, I want, however, the great mothers talk and they have like the echo behind them. Sammy, I, need, I think we need to figure out how to do that in post. So it's like several voices speaking with one voice. It's, it's pretty great. It's, I, I, think, I think we need that vibe. Uh, shout out to Claudia Black, by the way, from Farscape. I'm the only nerd probably that's knows what Farscape is, but she was uh, one of the stars of that old sci-fi channel uh, space show. Um, wow, we have a lot to get into today. Uh, big episode, a lot of big appearances and things, and we're going to give you uh, our take on everything that went down. And um, we both spoke with Lars Mikkelsen um, Leading up to this episode, not directly, but in the past few months before the uh, actor strike, so we can discuss that as well. But first off, we have a little housekeeping to take care of, and we'll begin with the fact that for the first time, I believe in the history of this podcast, Devin and I are in the same room gazing lovingly into each other's eyes here it's, in New York City. It's pretty magical. Usually we're doing this, uh, you know, via via video chat um, in, in different time zones. So here we are. We're here with our producer, Sammy, all three of us in the, in the same room. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, uh, it took us a, a little while to start recording because Sammy, for some reason, just started dissing Palbany again from last <laughs> week. I don't know what they have against Poor Paul from Albany, but just this will is not let it rest for some reason. This is a lie. Dalton is stirring trouble. Um, well, look, I, it's exciting to have you in New York. Not only is Devin here recording the, the show with us, she's in the EW offices this week, so we're hanging out. We're maybe going to get a little happy hour later going mm. on. It's it's very fun. I haven't. I used to work out of this office a million years ago when I lived in New York, and everything's changed. You guys moved everything around. Uh, we were on a different floor. I used to have a desk. Everything's everything's different now, but you know, I'm I'm old and cranky and remember the way things used to be. I'm older and crankier. I also <laughs> noticed that Sammy invited you to a wrestling event that you said no to. You denied Sammy, gave him the Heisman, <laughs> said you're not gonna go to the wrestling event in Queens. Um, very disappointing. Tragically, yeah. I have a prior engagement. Yeah. Otherwise, okay. I would a hundred percent. You made you made, an, you made an engagement as soon as you got the invite <laughs> to the wrestling event in Queens. Uh, listen, um, it's exciting to have you here, and because you're here, I got you a little gift. What? Yeah, I got you a little something. I even wrapped it. What? Look, I even wrapped it. Look oh at my this. god! Yeah. We're exchanging. <gasps> we're not exchanging gifts. We're not it's exchanging because I don't even I, know I this is one. happening. Uh, we'll just—it's Devin's birthday, everyone. It we'll is just, not. We'll just <laughs> so, it is not. I am not a Virgo. I am an Aries. I got you a little something. Oh you can gosh. open it on the air if I'm you want. Open Although it right now, I understand. I, I put like way too much tape on it, so hopefully you can. Oh get yeah, it. I need like a. Jesus, how much tape did I, you put I on this I learned from my grandfather, uh, Dale Miller, who just overtaped everything. Um, you know, you can never. I was trying to open this gradually but i don't know how gracefully i'm going to be able to do this she's just just ripping it open stop 
Oh my God. So what, what this is, was I was actually kind of discussing what these things are with Devin for a completely different reason. But if you're old enough, uh, which you may remember that they had these books with records that could come out for different things. Like, and actually I have one for Return of the, uh, excuse me, for Empire Strikes Back. So it's like a record you play, a little seven inch record, then you put it on and then you read the book along with the record. It's like a story. See the pictures, hear the story, read the book. Yeah. And there's a little chime every time you're supposed to turn <gasps> the page. And so I got this and it's uh, for Muppets Take it's Manhattan. One of the greatest movies ever made. Oh my God, this is amazing. So I actually have hanging on my wall. I don't know if you can see it when we record on video chat, but I have my dad's original Muppet Show cast album from uh, the original Muppet Show. And like, Sometimes I take it off the wall and play it, but also I just keep it on the wall just to look at. So this is incredible. Oh, my God. I, It's The Muppets Go Camping, Gonzo and the Giant Chicken, The Case of the Missing Mother. These are all the other things that are from yeah. Muppet music. Oh, my God. This is I'm going to go home and put this on my record player. I'm, first off, I, d I didn't even know if you had a record player. Of course I have a record so player. So I just, I was a little nervous, but I mean, it, it literally, I think it cost me a dollar. So it wasn't like well, I extended myself. Thank you. But I, but I would have paid more for it. But I was in a record store in Washington, D.C., browsing through the bins. And then I saw that. I said, Devin freaking Kogan. So there you go. I need, thank you. You just made my day. This is so good. Making oh my God. Come true. Oh, I like it. Look, I just love them up. It's so, so do much. I. So do I. It was so really hard much. not to keep on to that myself. Uh, think, actually, I'm, this is coming home with me and will be, carry this in my carry on and, and in a place of honor. And thank you so much. This is flipping Absolutely. awesome. Well, it's okay. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, <laughs> we're here not to talk Muppets. We're here to talk Star Wars. We did actually, we did the Star Wars Muppets crossover episode already. So that, that you can look back in our feed when Mark Hamill and R2-D2, C-3PO, and Chewbacca were on The Muppet Show. We did a whole episode about it. So make sure to check that out. Uh, uh, other housekeeping items we got to get to. We, we love connecting with you all. And uh, one of the ways we do that is we uh, put up a poll. Well, when I say we, I mean Sammy. Puts up a poll on Spotify every week. So if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, there's a poll there waiting every week with a question and you can weigh in. And last week's poll was, which Ahsoka appearance was most exciting? Because there's a lot of things happening, Devin, last week in episode five. And your options were Anakin, Captain Rex, and Purgle. I'm sticking with Purgle as the plural <laughs> of Purgle. I'm just, that's the way I'm going with it. So uh, I pulled some results this morning. You want to guess what uh, what won the uh, the poll there? Well, I'm assuming if our former co-host Lauren Morgan didn't get to it and somehow like skew the results to Captain Rex, I'm going to assume that it was Anakin. It was Anakin. Overwhelmingly, 80% of the vote. I will tell you, Lauren's not going to be happy with this poll because <laughs> Purgle doubled up Captain Rex. Just, really? Yeah, just like <gasps> dunked right on Captain Rex. Purgle got 13% of the vote and, and Rex only got 6%. So um, justice for Rex. Yeah, no justice for Rex. Or maybe if he'd taken off his damn helmet, it would have been different. But uh, only six percent for for Rex. So uh, we'll get a new poll up this week. You can you can vote on there, and um, and we have fun doing that. Another way we love for you all to connect with us is leave us a voicemail message. You can weigh in on anything happening on Ahsoka or anything that we happen to say about Ahsoka. Uh, agree, disagree, point something out, give your theory. We love it all. And um, the way to leave us the voicemail is to call us at 657-799-1566. That's 657-799-1566. Uh, we'll play you a, a voicemail we got from this week. It comes from Brian from Ohio. 
This is Brian from Ohio. I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the podcast and listening for a while and really enjoy how you break down the episodes uh, as well as the interviews. Um, speaking of interviews, really enjoyed the interview with Mary Elizabeth Winston this week. I really feel that Hera is uh, the unsung hero of this show. Uh, really enjoying her performance, uh, her look, um, and I think they did a really nice job with it. I'm hoping that she continues to be uh, a strong presence in the rest of the series, even though they've moved uh, locations potentially. Um, definitely in, in a world in which we're getting a lot of Star Wars, I uh, would definitely be on board for a standalone general Cinderella show. Keep up the great work and thanks a lot. Well, we're going to talk now about Hera, who wasn't even in this week's episode. <laughs> Just like MIA. Uh, reporting back to Mon Mothma, I guess. Um, so first off, I, a few things from, from thank you, Brian, for the voicemail. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. And um, now love having you on the show. So I, I, you know, I still don't get what you and Lauren, uh, you, your beef is with her look. I think she looks fantastic, Devin. And the eyes, I know you guys are something about the eyes. You got problems with everyone's eyes on this show. I've look, noticed. Eyes are the window of the soul, Dalton. <laughs> no, I. She's really. Her, the look has really grown on me, and sort of like a, I've sort of adjusted because. And I felt the same way about when we saw Anakin sort of de-aged. Like the first shot, I was a little bit like, "Oh, that's what it looks like." But once you see him, and and once you see Mary Elizabeth Winstead move and talk and act, you're like, "Oh yeah." That's sort of like, you know, like your brain is immediately like, yes, that's Harrison Dola. Great. Like, let's move on with things. I don't know. Something about those first couple episodes, just something about the eyes were just a little too blue. We're going to talk about another character's eyes on on this this particular episode um, once we get to it. But no, I totally agree. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is one of my favorite actresses of all time. Um Shout out to the uh, short-lived CBS show she did with Aaron Fate called um, uh, Brain Dead, which if you've never watched is incredible. It's where Tony Shalhoub plays a Republican senator who is infested with uh, alien brain worms who are obsessed with the cars. Like, that was Robert Michelle King's show, right? Of course yeah, it was. We yeah, love the right. Kings. Shout out to Evil, my favorite show on television. <laughs> um, but I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, you know, she's great in Birds of Prey. She's obviously great in Scott Pilgrim. And she's really great here. I really like her take on Hera. And... Dude, I'm down. I, w- I would totally see watch a Hera show and see what she's up to sort of, you know, post what what happens with Ahsoka. So, you know, agreed. I mean, we talked about it all, Yumi and Devin as well. I believe Yumi and Devin. Yumi and Lauren as well um, all said that Hera was our favorite Rebels character, which is kind of interesting because yeah. she's certainly not the flashiest character no. by any means. If anything, she's just sort of really, you know, steady, just this this rock, the rock of the ghost crew. Um but we love that and we love her and would love to see more of her. And I'm sure we will see more of her in the next two episodes, even though we didn't this week and would be totally down for a spinoff uh, as well. Um, all right. So leave us a voicemail message. Anything you want to react to from this last uh, week of Ahsoka, or if you want to react to anything we say here, or I'll give you guys a little, little uh, life hack here. We record this on Wednesday at around, let's just say, noon Eastern, right? That's when we record this. So when you watch next week's episode of Ahsoka, when you watch episode seven, if you immediately want to react to something you saw there, pick up the phone, call us 657-799-1566, and we'll get your episode seven react into our episode seven podcast, which will be cool. All right, but let's talk about episode six because a a lot happening here. Devin, we've been talking about Thrawn. You guys, you and I have been wondering, when's he going to show up? It's only eight episodes. We're at episode six. When is this MF going to actually show up on the screen? And it happened in a big way this week uh, out in uh, Peridia, 
the ancient homeworld of the Dathmiri. Just give me your overall impressions of Lars Mikkelsen now playing live action Thrawn after doing the voice on the animated show and what you thought, and then we'll dig in a little deeper. Thrawn, Thrawn, (laughs) Thrawn, Thrawn. I love everything about this this introduction. I love the creepy chanting stormtroopers. I... Lars Mikkelsen looks fantastic in the blue makeup with the creepy red eyes. Um, he look, he's so great, and he's so great on Rebels. And obviously, he brings the same sort of like gravitas and and menace to his quality here in live action. Phantom menace. A, um, but no, it's so good. I love everything about this. I he's so soft spoken. He's just um, very menacing and imposing. And I just I love his performance. I love everything about his weird stormtrooper legion who are like caked in blood and their their helmets are cracked and they've sort of been pieced back together with gold it's like the um uh what is it kintsugi uh pottery where you know pottery breaks and you stitch it back together with liquid gold and it becomes something you know beautiful and new um there's a, just like a beautiful strange quality to him his right hand man enoch who has one of the coolest looks of a, you know, weird stormtrooper with a creepy, like, ancient Roman face of, of all gold. It very much gets at this fact where he's almost sort of become like a god king, like an emperor of his own little domain. And you get this 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 loyalty that his, his soldiers have to him. And I don't know. I was just, yeah. What did you think? Do you think it was worth the wait? Love the introduction. Same as you. I love the chanting. It's so good. Yeah, he's walking dramatically down this line of chanting night troopers. And uh, and then he gets there and they're all waiting and he makes this big dramatic entrance. And then he says, what was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those who may oppose us. What a weird opening line when you get to people <laughs> have just traveled through another galaxy to get to you. So you start with, hey, hi, hello, what's up? Like, how's it going? Just like coming out with what was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those who may oppose us is just such a But you know great he's been intro. rehearsing that in his I head for, for like years. He's like, okay, when they finally build this uh, hyperspace portal and, and follow me into this this galaxy he's like what am i gonna say there's a couple options and you know he like went through a bunch of them and like rehearsed it in the mirror and he was like i got it i got it i got the perfect thing and he was like i'm gonna get the guys to chant my name yeah you know yeah, like, yeah. like i'm like i'm making a, a big entrance at the super bowl oh it's so it, good. it was awesome i agree i thought captain enoch's helmet was cool now that, so that that's played by west chatham from um the expanse for fans yeah. of the expanse i'm just gonna Shout out lots of sci-fi channel uh, shows <laughs> on the podcast this week, apparently. He played Amos, uh, one of my favorite sci-fi book series ever and a great TV show as well. And he's amazing. Uh, and uh, been really excited to see how we use with Thrawn, but we didn't know in what capacity. So thought that was very cool. But obviously then what you have is, so you have Thrawn there and you have Sabine there. So this is a reunion, right? This is a Rebels reunion. And I thought that was really interesting. That was sort of maybe, other than his entrance, the best stuff from him this episode was just seeing him and Sabine sort of, you know, uh, dance around each other in terms of, you know, what was going to happen and him sort of, sort of, mocking her a little bit you know he says the desire to be reunited with your long lost friend how that singular focus will reshape our galaxy and he says you've gambled the fate of your galaxy on that belief that ezra is still alive um so you know clearly taking sort of the um strategically superior upper hand but yet at the same time i i guess at least seeming to uh up front at least honor her and say we're going to give you this you know this mount 
Uh, and it's we're called gonna, a howler. We're gonna give you the howler. We're gonna give you the provisions, and we're gonna tell you location for Ezra. But then, of course, we find out sending Balin and Shin out to to kill them both. But I thought it was great. I will. I for a minute I was like, really? He's letting her go? Like I I was like, this seems. Really? But then, of course, you know, he has an, a mass, evil master plan up his sleeve. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think I would have let her go in the first place. Like, but, I mean, it leads well, I guess, to something. Well, I guess he's, he's letting her go to find Ezra. I don't know why he thinks she'll be able to find them. Right. And his, like, army right. hasn't been able to find them. By the way, they don't seem that hard to find. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I mean, like, unless Ezra also can, like, hide under a rock like these noti, uh, and we'll get to them a little more later. They don't, like, they don't seem like they weren't, like, there was no secret password. There was no, right. like, cave entrance. They're just kind of out in the open, like, right? Like, right. there's this caravan. It's like a giant. He's like, we move around a lot. I'm like, well, what, like, in the open? You're probably going to bump into somebody <laughs> eventually. Like, surely these stormtroopers are sending out patrols or whatever. I mean, there is that line where, where Thrawn's, like, actually, um, I think it's Morgan Elspeth who's like, really? That's all you're sending? And he's like, well, we don't really have a lot of, like, our, our numbers have kind of dwindled a little bit. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe they they can't spare the manpower to go, go search for Ezra. But um, I did also think it would maybe take a little bit longer to find Ezra. <laughs> but I, I don't know how much time has passed in this sort of scenario. Um, but look, I'm, I'm not mad about it and we'll allow it. Well, less than three rotations. We know that. Uh, yeah. So tell me, you, you uh, tell me about the look. Tell me, I mean, obviously we've seen Thrawn before on book covers. We've seen Thrawn on Rebels. Uh, we know the blue skin. We know the red eyes. You mentioned eyes earlier. What did you think of, uh, of his look? I thought he looked great. I I really like um you know everything about him his the the eyes the contacts look great. Um I, the the blue makeup looks fantastic. I mean, you you don't really want to look like you're like an ex, um an extra from James Cameron's Avatar. Uh but he he looks great. Um I really like his puffy pants. They're they're real good. He's got like the big like almost like pantaloon bloomers. Um it's like kind of the old school uh, uniform style. Uh, no, he he just looks great. I I have no complaints about about Thrawn. I I, I wonder whether this is just me. I almost want to go back and watch the episode. This is going to sound so stupid, but like with my eyes closed, at least his scenes, because the voice sounded a little different than the way he used on Rebels. And I remember asking him this about this at Star Wars Celebration. I said, you know, then you're just putting your voice in the performance. Now you're putting your whole body in the performance. How does that sort of impact things? And I think it did impact his voice. His voice on Rebels is very quiet very like slow considered icy and of course we got some of that but it's it seemed to have a little more oomph behind it than on the animated show well i think you know when you're a voice actor you know you, you versus when you're doing a voice actor you spend so much more time you know thinking about those sort of considerations versus when you are you know doing both a voice performance and a physical performance um it's a little bit more kind of holistic you're thinking about everything so i mean that makes sense but i mean to me he still felt like thrawn i mean from the moment he walked on screen i was like yep that's that's thrawn um it it just it, there's something very menacing about it we've talked about this a lot before but he's uh, i really loved him on sherlock mm -hmm. and he has that same sort of like menacing kind of great i mean he and his brother Mads, great at playing villains. Just there's something about that family and the Danes. It's just they're they love they're great villains. It's in the genes. Um, anything you else you want to say about Thrawn before we move on to some of the other uh, appearances and characters and stuff going on? Uh, just I'm I love his his outfit. I love his look. Um, but I mean, I was not expecting Enoch with just his creepy, cool helmet. I'm obsessed with everything about that. I saw that and I was immediately like, oh. 
some cosplayer like within an, the hour it's done. is already looking up how to how to build that, like how to take an old stormtrooper helmet and meld this golden face onto it. New York Comic Con is in like a few weeks, and I, you're right, someone was going to be oh, there. 100%. There's an Enoch, at yeah. least one Enoch is going to be walking around <laughs> patrolling. There. Needs the voice changer, sort of put all the reverb and uh, effects on the voice. Uh, but I, but I agree that was super cool. And the the look was it really did it. It almost felt like. Um, the look of Grand Admiral Thrawn, not just from the sh- Rebels, but from those old Timothy Zahn books from the 90s. I mean, I, Devin, I first read Air of the Empire in the early 90s um, and you know, I had that picture of him and like, that's what he looked like. It's yeah. great. And that's not what Lars Mikkelsen looks like, by yeah. the way. <laughs> you know, like they did some work there with the hair and the, you know, got rid of the beard and all this stuff. So it, was, it looked it looked very, very cool. All right. We still have a lot more to get to, including the other big character found on uh, on this new planet uh, plus what exactly is Balin Skull's plan we'll get into all that right after this quick break all right Devin uh, we talked a lot about Thrawn now let's talk about the other Rebels character that we kind of knew was going to show up kind of did show up in hologram form but now we have Ezra Bridger um, showing up as well. As you mentioned, did not take Sabine long to find him. What was your take on Ezra, who we got in one scene here? No, I mean, it's we, this whole, since the beginning of the show, the whole thing has been a hunt for Ezra. And guess what? We found Ezra. And uh, he's living with these uh, sort of like little hermit crab lobster people uh called the noti the naughty um and got major ewok vibes from everything about major them. ewok vibes even the way they speak their language is very very ewok it's um it, it just felt very return of the jedi well yeah because it's like it's like when they when wicket finds leia it's yep. like it's like exactly it's like sabine and this little junior noti and then like the same way it's Leia and a junior Ewok with Wicked. Yeah. It's the same, same thing. And it's weird. Like, I listen, we're getting off Ezra. I'll get back to Ezra Sorry. in a second. But no, no, no. Let, <laughs> That's let, on I want to get into it. To get Absolutely. Into, to Ezra. Literally. So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things, and I don't want to jump ahead again, but there's another one which we'll talk about later. These sort of nods to what we love about Star Wars, right? And not in a in a necessarily Force Awakens way, where they've just like literally redoing everything they did in that first movie or trilogy, but just sort of nods to things we love about the franchise. This felt Force Awakens-esque. Like this was just like, take what we did there and put it here and just sort of change it around a little bit, put a little window dressing on it, change their speech a little bit, change their look. I mean, they look like, like I think I wrote, like uh, it's like a praying mantis meets a turtle or something like that with the shell. Really weird looking hybrid. But yeah, I was not into the, the Nodi at all. I mean, they didn't super annoy me, but I, di- I didn't, in, was not into it. I thought they were fine. Uh, not my favorite of like Star Wars creatures. Creatures have always been one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, but I agree with you. I, I was hoping for like a little bit more, especially because this is a whole different galaxy, you know, yeah. something, something different, something new, something we haven't really seen before. And their design is great. Like I love, like they have this kind of weird blue skin and like their little eye stalks and, and the, you know, their shells, like that's all cool. But like story wise, I agree with you. I think it was very much something we've seen before. Well, I mean, look, we've, we've been very positive about Ahsoka. Like, we've really, really enjoyed this series a lot. Yeah. So I do not feel bad at all in just saying <laughs> I was kind of let down a little bit by the Ezra appearance. I mean, like, it, first off, he looked like a dude peddling mushrooms in the parking lot of a Grateful <laughs> Dead show. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like 
some like hippie, like just with the beard and just, I just wasn't into the look. And also like, you talk about how like Thrawn practiced like his, his first line. I mean, okay. I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly how many years it's been, but it's been a while. It's been quite a while. He's in another galaxy. And all of a sudden there's Sabine and he's just like leaning on a hut like, nay, took you long enough. Like, I mean, come on. There's not going to be like, oh, Sabine, what? Oh, you made it. Incredible run up, big hug. He's just so mellow as a cello about it. It's like, give, give me a break, Mr. Too Cool for School. All right. Like enough already. I just, it, and I guess they went, so, uh, trying to think of it from a producer standpoint, they went so big with the Thrawn. They're like, well, we can't go big again. Let's go small and let's go. But I, I just thought I did not find it very impactful. I will say I might have a bias in this. Ezra was, and we talked about this with Lauren on the podcast, never my favorite character on the show. I came around to him. I thought as he matured over the series, I liked him more. Didn't love him at first. Maybe that's part of it. I mean, you you know, you. I rank the Rebels characters. He's maybe at the bottom. I mean, mm -hmm. like, but that's just because I love the other ones so much. So it really didn't like hit me hard at all seeing Ezra here. What about you? Yeah, I thought I it didn't quite have the emotional weight that I was hoping for, um, especially because, like, as we said, this has been sort of the mission statement of this show since the beginning. I mean, going back to The Mandalorian when we first met Ahsoka, where she was like, I'm trying to find my friend Ezra Bridger and I'm trying to find Thrawn. Um, so I... Story-wise, I get it. It's very much like no time has passed. They're immediately just reunited and it's, you know, like seeing your old friend again. Um, I was curious. I love the part where he's like, well, how did you get here? Like, what, what, how are we going to get back? And Sabine was like, well, let's talk about that later. <laughs> I mean, ooh. Um, so I think we're going to get the fallout of that. The one thing I did want to bring up, and, and you know me, I talk about the eyes all the time. Oh, God. The, the color contacts were a little weird to me. They were just a little, like a bit of an unnatural blue, which in Star Wars Rebels, Ezra right. has a very weird eye color. It's yeah. kind of like purplish blue. Um, and we see that here, but it was very much, I don't know about you, but I got major Dune vibes throughout this entire episode mm. with like Thrawn sort of, you know, almost being like, a Baron Harkonnen kind of vibes. Even the planet has a little bit of sort of a Dune vibe. Obviously, um, the the Night Sisters have this very, you know, uh, almost like uh, kind of. It just feels very Dune to me. And so when when Ezra shows up with his like creepy unnatural blue eyes, I was like, okay, so this is just peak Dune. It's just major major Dune vibes. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with some Dune vibes. No, not no complaints. Show up at some not point. At all. Um, yeah, I, I just I, listen. I, it just, it just didn't, this is a big moment for fans. Yeah. This is a big moment for fans. And I just, I, I hope it, it played better for them than it did for me. I actually would be curious if you're listening to this and you know, you were a Rebels fan, you know, Ezra Bridger, do, do give us a call, leave us a message at 657-799-1566. I'd like to know how you felt specifically about the Ezra reveal and him being there. If it felt a little underwhelming, because it, it felt a little underwhelming for me, but maybe that's just because. Uh, you know, not my not my favorite character. I do have one other thing to nitpick, and this is a this is an, another Devin pet peeve. Then this is not limited to Star Wars. But can we talk about how Sabine's makeup still looks flawless? Oh yeah, I know. After I know. multiple days in the wilderness yeah. and being yeah. like kidnapped by Balin Skull and like her who whatever Star Wars makeup line she used to get that like flawless smoky eye to the fact that it still looks perfect after multiple days. Um, I want to know. I want to know what they used. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, we we never know now, thanks to John Favreau and the two years of like Luke Skywalker Grogu training. We <laughs> right. never know what the time frame is. So like, like, is she packing hair dye with her? Like, is she like, how's that? How's that work? Right, her nails haven't chipped. Yeah. Her her nail polish still looks perfect. I'm like, mine chips after like you know doing the dishes. So I'm I'm very curious as to what the 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 logistics are, but because she looks fantastic, yeah, and she I'm, does. I'm jealous. She looks like a million bucks. Um, all right. So here's one other thing I want to get into, which was, I think, sort of maybe not what everyone's talking about, because everyone's talking about Thrawn and everyone's talking about Ezra being back. But this is maybe, in a way, the most intriguing and, and the biggest question coming out of this episode. And that is, what is Balin Skull's plan? Like, what yeah. is going on here? We we sort of assumed, at least I assumed, and as we know, everything that I guess on this show is wrong. <laughs> Every Star Wars <laughs> show is everything. wrong. everything. I assumed that he wanted to get to Thrawn. He keeps talking about like some sort of power and it was sort of never really explained what it was, but that say, let, let me get, Thrawn's going to have a lot of power. So I want to be close to Thrawn. Yeah. This is power. He tells Shin like you've never conceived. Apparently that's not the case. Apparently he doesn't really care about Thrawn or want to get the Thrawn. Apparently it has something to do with this planet that they're now on um, because he says it several different times. First off, he has a, a, a conversation with Shin where he says, this is a land of dreams and, and madness. And then he talks about going through watching everything you know burn. He says, I couldn't make sense of it all at the time. As you get older, you look at history, you realize it's all inevitable. The fall of the Jedi, rise of the Empire, it repeats again and again and again. I'm like, huh. So he's not really aligning himself with the, either side. What does that mean? He also says that sort of power is fleeting. What I seek is the beginning so I may finally bring this cycle to an end. Again, I'm like, what is he talking about? Then later, Shin asks him, do you miss the Jedi? He goes, well, I miss the idea of it, but not the truth, the weakness, there was no future there, fine. But then later, he says, I see what was once the great witch kingdom of the Dathmiri. The existence of the great mothers confirms this. Something calls to me. Can you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? So it, again, I'm always wrong, but it seems to me like he wanted to get to this to this planet, right? And he wanted to get there and then uh, 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 Paradia. And there's something about that planet or the magic there that he wants to tap into for some sort of ultimate power. Devin, do you have any idea what he's talking about? Yeah, this also kind of stood out to me because like you, I sort of assumed that he wanted to get to Thrawn as Thrawn was the great power that he wanted to to get to. So, you know, maybe bring Thrawn back. Thrawn takes on an emperor role and Balin takes on sort of a Vader role in sort of this new empire that they're building. That's sort of what I assumed. Um, but no, I mean, they get there and Thrawn is very much like, and you are? Why are you here? Like, who invited you? You're not part of my plan. Um, so that was really fascinating to me. and I. Clearly, there's something else going on here. Clearly, there's magic here of some kind, whether it's force-related or whether it's something totally separate. Um, and it's something Balin seeks that's sort of in these old legends of the Jedi, in this, this galaxy beyond the galaxy. And I have no idea. I have no idea what, what that great power might be, whether it's some sort of mystical energy force to tap into, whether it's an object or a person or a ancient civilization. I honestly have no idea, but it's really fascinating to me. But I will say what it does confirm is that, I mean, Balin is one of my favorite characters on this yes, whole show. I think yes. Ray Stevenson's performance is so good and so, so multi-layered. We've talked about this on the show a lot about how could have very sort of easily been sort of just, you know, stock character. He's a mercenary working for the bad guys, you know, whatever. But there's this 
depth to him. And he's got this whole other quest that we're sort of uncovering details about that I'm just fascinated by. And I think it all comes down to Ray Stevenson's performance, which is so fantastic. Well, I think it it does heavily come to his performance because I agree. He's amazing. We're in full agreement. But they've also done something clearly that we now see something very interesting with the character. It's not just good or bad, right? We've, we've talked about earlier how he's like, oh, I'd be ashamed to kill an, an, another Jedi and doesn't necessarily want. And we see it again with the bandits here today where he yeah. tells Shin like, hey, there's no need to, to sh- you know shed blood here. Um, but now what they've done is they put him in this other place where he's not just a henchman for Thrawn or Elsbeth or whatever. And he has some other design. So now... And why that's so interesting is you have this huge conflict that's all going to be happening here, right? Where you've got, you know, Thrawn and the the great mothers and he sends the episode saying, I need some dark magic from you. And then you've got, you know, Sabine and Ezra and you've got Ahsoka on the way, right? Like they're clearly something brewing here. And so the question now is where are Balin and Shin going to be in all this? Like we all assume they're on the Thrawn side in this impending battle. Maybe they will be. But there seems to be some other agenda here. And I think that's really the most interesting thing that we can't quite put our finger on yet going into these last two episodes. Yeah, especially, um, you know, because Morgan Elspeth is like, oh, don't worry about them. They're just mercenaries. Like they're here to further our cause that we're fighting for. And it's like, no, they have they have their own reasons for being here. Um, I yeah, I, I just I really continue to love Ray Stevenson's performance. I love his chemistry with Ivana Sakno, who plays Shin Hadi. Um, I there's. It's I, I really I just like them a lot and um I've been I've been really impressed by them. I just love Shin Hati because it sounds like you're saying it she's does. a hottie. I think it's Shin Hati. Shin Hati is one, so but much I better. I just say Shin Hati. Shin like, that's is, what it looks like. Shin Hati is so much better. Shin Hati. Yeah. 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 She totally. Is. They're they're great. <laughs> uh, we haven't really talked about the Night Sisters here. These the the great mothers. You know, um, obviously we know Lawrence's uh, husband is not happy. As uh, we've talked about other people that are unfamiliar sort of with this sort of area of the Star Wars lore are probably like more witches. Like what's going on here? What'd you think of what you think? Of, I thought that the, that little three orb device that they used to trap and drag Sabine to her cell was pretty cool. That was pretty great. Yeah. yeah. No, I love the sort of weird mystical elements um, that we get here. I think the costume design and the makeup of the great mothers looks fantastic. I, I think they look fantastic in live action. Um, these sort of like blood red robes. Um, it's something that, that I really like. And I think it's a fun contrast to something like an Andor or something like a Mandalorian, which is rooted in more of these, you know, kind of down to earth. Um, non-force using, non-magic kind of elements of the Star Wars universe. So it is kind of fun to embrace the sort of, you know, wizards and traditions and and witches that are these sort of like uh, different corners of the galaxy, or in this case, a galaxy that's not actually even in the galaxy that we know. Um, So yeah, I'm into it. I'm curious to sort of see where that goes and sort of see what great magic, you know, Thrawn is requesting that they have up their sleeve. Um, But I like the idea that there's sort of this galaxy beyond the one that we know where the rules are a little bit different and the magic is a little bit different and um, things aren't quite what we're used to and what we've seen before. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm reserving judgment about like, yay, obsessed or like, oh, it didn't work. Um, I'm, We'll we'll see what happens, but so far I'm I'm on board. And again, the costume and production design I've been really really impressed by. I mean, like we keep coming back to Thrawn, but like all the use of gold and red and sort of like these Roman Empire kind of motifs is it's just I think it's really interesting, and it sort of like calls back to these really interesting ideas. And I'm curious to sort of see where that goes next. 
I mean, there's the, the one question I would have is like, why are they serving Thrawn? They seem pretty subservient to him. And now they said the last line of the episode, like the threat of destiny demands it. So clearly they think that there's some sort of destiny involved. Yeah, him. it kind of strikes me as, again, to kind of go with like the Roman Empire vibes, like sort of like a soothsayer or an oracle kind of role to the emperor, you know, yeah. where where Julius Caesar would rely on, you know, soothsayers to to tell him about, you know, his future rule or, or Emperor Palpatine, we've seen. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think that's sort of the vibe that I'm getting where you know they're they have their own agenda and their own they're deeply people of power but um and obviously Thrawn greatly respects them but it is sort of like a you know you help us I'll help you we'll see you know we will work together to sort of build this great new empire that we're looking to to forge uh another thing I I did like about this episode I thought was cute was uh the relationship between Sabine and and, the, and her howler I thought was cute I did ran, too. ran off uh, and then she's given our time and it's like you know trying to like sort of get back into her good graces. I love the Howler. You know me. I love a creature. I love a weird, weird animal. Um, got a little bit of like Tauntaun vibes from from him. Mm. If like the Tauntaun was like a crazy evil wolf. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I look, I love a weird, weird creature design. And I think, I think we deserve more of them. I think, you know, we, we, that's one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. Uh, and so I, I'm never mad when we get, uh, you know, a cool creature. And I, yeah, they're called howlers and I want to know everything about them. They look awesome. Um, the last thing that sort of I wanted to point out was something at the very beginning and something it's funny because we've talked about it before. Just these sort of nods to things that we love about Star Wars. And we didn't get uh, hardly any Ahsoka in the TV show called Ahsoka this week, but we did get one scene at the beginning where she and Hu Yang are in the Purgle traveling through hyperspace. And he's like, do you want me to read you from, you know, the history of the galaxy again? There are literally, I guess, three volumes called the history of the galaxy. Uh, and she finally relents and goes, okay, go ahead. And apparently the first words in the history of the galaxy are a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which I just... I know, again, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but it's like, <laughs> how cool is that? That like just puts an extra little meaning into that obviously famous few words that pop up on the screen at the beginning of of every uh, you know Skywalker saga movie. Yeah, I thought it you know it was it was really nice. It was like a little. I mean, it's 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 a little fan servicey, but I was like, I'll allow it just because I thought it was it was very well done and and really moving. Um, and so I was I was just very very charmed by by that whole thing. And, 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 the, and the episode title was far far away. Yeah, kind of fits. so not mad about it. Uh, anything else you want to you want to hit on from this from this episode before we uh, we wrap things up here, Devin? Uh, no, but I hope we see more howlers going forward. I, have I to imagine I we will. One. Right there, I mean, like as a Shin Hadi, <laughs> <laughs> Shin Hadi and Balin are, are on are on their howlers, and we know that uh, Sabine's on hers. So I, I have to imagine we will. Oh my God, is her howler gonna die? Is that gonna? Are they <gasps> getting us emotionally no! invested in her howler just for like? Someone to strike it down. They, I hope she brings it back. When you know, just like when Ahsoka's ship is just filled with howlers, just to bring back into the regular galaxy. Uh, only two episodes left. Will we see Zeb? We've been on Zeb Watch all Ooh. season. We've been on Zeb Watch since Zeb showed up on the Mandalorian. My prediction is we are going to get a moment where Hera swoops in to save the day, and I think she's going to show up in the Ghost, and I think Zeb is going to show up as an X-wing pilot. Or like with her on board the ghost, 
um, at some point. I think I think that's my guess. So this is like a classic Lord of the Rings uh, Twin Towers situation. All seems lost, then the army comes over the yes. ridge and like to to save the day. Yeah, I think so. Look for me at the dawn. Um, uh, and I think it's I think we're going to see Gandalf swooping in. See, you should come to New York City more often. I'm giving you gifts. I'm making Lord of the Rings references. Uh, like it's all happening right now. I'm I'm not mad about it. I mean, let's we should keep a track of how many times we've talked about Lord of the Rings on this Star Wars podcast, and it would probably be at least once an episode. I, I the other thing will be interesting to see here. Just I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but we only have two episodes left. I don't think there's really been clarity whether this is a one season show like Obi-Wan Kenobi, or if it could be like Mandalorian and Andor, a multi-season show. Uh, I don't, I, I think it was officially billed as a sort of limited series, but like that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor probably just said, you know, I'm, I'm six episodes, I'm good, thanks. Um, but what do you think? Do you think like, I mean, obviously we'll be able to, answer this question more fully, I think, in two episodes when we see how the season ends. But like, do you think this is something maybe that is going to be a continuing story? I mean, I think that's something, you know, we asked Rosario Dawson when she came through and and she said, you know, I, I can't speak for sure, but she was like, I would love to keep playing this character as long as they will have me. Um, we know that Dave Filoni has something up his sleeve. He's directing a film um, sort of bait that's sort of billed as sort of like a culmination of all the things he's been doing in the, in the television space. It's their Avengers. Basically. So I think we're going to see Mandalorian and we're going to see Ahsoka and we're going to see all of these characters. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got an Ahsoka season two. Uh, I think this is a show where it makes sense. You've got sort of this deep bench of, of characters. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that I wonder if because they haven't built it as like a true like with Obi-Wan Kenobi, when they were marketing it and promoting it, they were very clear, like, we just did this one. This is a self-contained story. This is all we want to the the story that we want to tell. Um I would not be surprised if we got a little title card at the end that said Ahsoka will return XYZ. Um, and I do hope that, you know, if she does return, I do hope it's on her own series. I mean, as much as I've loved her appearances in, you know, The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, I, I think it sometimes they don't always quite fit into the stories that are be t being told there. Um, I saw some jokes on Twitter that were like, okay, so now it's time for the unrelated episode of Ahsoka where we don't see Ahsoka and we just check in with The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I don't think we're going to get this time. Um, but I I would not be mad to see. I, I One, I've, I've been, you know, obviously want to see more of Ahsoka, but I've really been charmed by some of these other characters that we've met. Um, I, like we said, we love Mary Elizabeth Winstead's portrayal of Hera. Um, we love Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull. These are characters that I would I would love to see. And also, we I mean. We obviously won't have a chance to see Balin anymore. That's unfortunately. true. But unfortunately. Yes. But, 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 but when they were planning it out, right. obviously These, they would know, not have known that. Story-wise, right. I mean, right. as far as, yeah. sort of, you know, what, what happens with Shin and sort of what, what happens Love with her Shin next chapter. So, um, so I, I, these are characters that I think I, I would love to see more of. And I'm curious whether in kind of in what context we will see more of them. Yeah, it, it's interesting too. I mean, as I've been watching this, how I remember I asked Dave Filoni, I said, "Hey, is this basically just essentially season five of Rebels?" And he's like, "Well, I could see why someone might think that, but then he told me how it's not. I mean, it is. I mean, granted, Ahsoka is a more major character, and Ahsoka was, you know, not a main character of Rebels. She was not a member of the Ghost Crew, although she showed up for, 
you know, prolonged stints and then here and there. But other than that, it's, it's rebels. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's live action rebels, uh, which is not a complaint by the way at, at all. So we got two more, we know we got two more episodes to go. Uh, and then we'll see where it, where it goes uh, from there. Um, all right. Um, it's been awesome having you in yeah. person. Sammy doesn't seem so excited about it, but that's all right. I'm not sure what their <laughs> problem is today because you wouldn't go see wrestling uh, with them in Queens, apparently. <laughs> really upset about that. Um, but it's been awesome having you here. And now you know whenever you come, you get gifts. So, uh, you yeah, know, this just... Is, this is excellent. Um, no, but yeah, you got you to gotta come to LA. You can see our tiny little podcast studio in the, in the LA office. I've been threatening to... It's fr- trying to find time in, in the schedule to, to make it happen um but i'm gonna try and get out to uh to la when i when i, when I can at some point soon um all right we do need to get out of here uh j- just a reminder if you have 30 seconds please follow rate and review the podcast we love hearing from you speaking of which leave a voicemail message with your thoughts on uh this week's episode of ahsoka or uh, your thoughts about our thoughts on ahsoka we will play it and we will respond right here on the pod hit us up at 657-799-1566 that's 657-799-1566 and you can be part of the show you can also connect with us on social media by following entertainment weekly on all socials it's at ew on twitter and at entertainment weekly everywhere else you can also tag and follow us directly using at dalton ross and at Devin Coven. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Cogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>